background with, I have this one-off encounter with an evangelist who is smart enough to tell me where he's gonna be the following week, and when I go back and tell him, and you have to find out later how it was, I had this spiritual experience that turned my life upside down because he told me four things that I never knew, and as a result of those four things, Everything changed for me. If you want to know what they are, ask me later. He was wise enough to say, I'll be in this such and such a place next week. And I went back to find him. And I said, so I went home and I prayed and this happened and I, I knew that God was with me. What do I do? He says, well, I guess, you know, what do you feel? I said, well, I feel like I owe God because he died for me, because Jesus died for the wrong things I've done. I owe God. And this guy was so canny. He's a very smart, wise man in most ways. In some ways, he had some frailties. Don't ask about his voting record. But, <laughs> but he said to me, what can you give him? I said, Dave, I haven't got anything. He says, well, how about you just give him the rest of your life then instead? And he led me in this incredible prayer where I prayed and dedicated the rest of my life to Jesus. I have to say, I think a large part of the reason why I'm standing in front of you today is because God heard that prayer and because it was an earnest prayer when I was 15 and something that I might know and follow him. Friends, I was overwhelmed as a 15-year-old. Can we get ourselves, can we meditate so much on what Jesus has done? Can we get ourselves in that place of worship where we draw so close to him that we're overwhelmed with his love that we can get back in touch with that sense of, oh my goodness, I owe him so much. I love him so much. He is so for me that I want to give up everything for him. I'm just going to lay it down before him. I'm going to do Romans chapter 12. I'm going to lay down my body like a living sacrifice. Hallelujah for that word living. God doesn't want you to get on the altar and then just stop your life. It's get on the altar but carry on living. But now living a sacrificed life. Living a life that's set apart for him. Which means you don't belong to other people. Which means you don't belong to titles and jobs. It means you don't belong to addictions and habits. It means you don't belong to old patterns of behavior, but instead you belong to him and you live for him and you live to please him. And Paul tells us when we get to that place of making that sacrifice and saying, God, it's all yours and I'm laying it down, in that moment, in that moment, we're able to understand and do God's will. Paul goes further. He says, this world and everything in it is going to try and press you and shape you and make you conform to the things that it wants you to do. So it's going to tell you. It's going to lie to you and it's going to say, the perfect body doesn't have a big belly. But that's a lie. <laughs> Forgive me, Lord. I may have just misused my pulpit. But the world will lie to you and it will tell you what a beautiful body is and it will tell you what a beautiful life is and it will tell you what success looks like. And if you want to know what the world thinks that looks like, look at YouTube and Instagram and you'll get a pretty quick idea of what the world thinks success looks like. And the things that the world would love to, what is going on today? Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, for those of you sitting in the front, we've had a string of people coming to the door at the back. Um, the world will tell you what your life should be, and it will try and press you and conform you, and it will use these things. It will use shame. It will use guilt. It will appeal to your pride. It will appeal to your pocket. 
It will use whatever measures it can in order to press and conform you and shape you into the pattern that this world wants you to be and the shape that it wants you to be. It will use all kinds of external pressures upon you to try and force you to be just like everybody else, to chase after the same things and live that small, limited, conformed life that it wants you to live. Whereas what Paul says is the opposite of that. Don't live that conformed life, but live a transformed life. Live a big life. Live a free life. Live a life that expresses something of the life of God that has come into you. Stop conforming to the patterns of this world. Don't do that anymore. But instead, let God's power come inside you and transform you from the inside out so that you are living completely free, a transformed, big life. Hallelujah. It gets even better than that. I told you it was a good news kind of day. You don't have to do that alone. You don't have to do that alone. Paul goes on to say that God has put you in a family. And in that family, we get to figure out together what our shape is. We get to figure out together what the best us looks like. We get to figure out together how we do life in such a way that we express something of this wonder and this awe of a worshipping community full of people who've surrendered to Jesus. So Paul goes on to say, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. You are special, but you're not the only special one. That's Jose Marino, obviously. I'm kidding. It's Nuno Espirito de Santo. You are special, but Paul says we're all special. So don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. Just take a humble look at yourself and say, actually, do you know what? God loves me, but he's placed me in this family of people that he loves. Two things I just want you to just get your head around today. In John chapter 17, Jesus prays for us, for you and for me. He prays for all of those people, he says, who will believe because of the testimony of the disciples. That's us. We believe because of the testimony of the disciples. One of the things that he says is, I want them to know that the Father loves them in the same way that he loves me. Just let that sit inside your brain just for a moment. The Father loves you with the same love as he has for the Son. The love that exists between Father, Son, and Spirit is the same love that is extended towards you. Because God only loves one way. He loves completely. It's like he's only got one setting. It's 100%. And if he loves, he loves. He loves you. That's the first thing. Secondly, take a look around, honestly. And I can tell if you are or not, because it means your head moves. Take a look around. At the people in this room, take a look around. He loves every single one of them the same way he loves you. So we are in this family of beloved people. Let it sink in. I don't know what your family's like, what your characteristics are like in your family. I don't know what it is that marks you out. We've just had Christmas. Maybe it's time to forget about family for a while. I don't know what it is that marks out your family dynamics and your characteristics. But in this family, we're a family of the beloved. Every single person you encounter in this place today is loved by God 100%. 
And he's placed us here in this family of beloved people so that we can love one another and share life together with one another. And Paul says part of that is every single one of us figuring out in this one family what it is that God has for us to do and then doing it well. We all have a part to play. Paul says just like it is in the human body. It's one body. When you look at a person, you see one body, but we know there's a whole bunch of stuff that goes up to make that person. And it's important that every part of that body plays its role and fulfills its function. You've all got a pulse. Hallelujah, you've got a pulse, which tells us that your heart is working. It might have a little assistance, and it might not be working as brilliantly as you'd love for it to, but it's working, and it is pumping blood around your body. And that's its job. It pumps blood around your body. Somebody tell me, just, you know, let's have a quick cod biology lesson, because trust me, I'm not a scientist. I'm an arts graduate, so this will be fun. Somebody tell me, why does the heart pump blood around the body? What's it doing? Yeah, it's sending oxygen all over the body. Hallelujah. So the blood pumps around the body and it sends all kinds of blood cell things and all kinds of wonder stuff and magic goes on in there apparently. But one of the things that it does is it takes oxygen around our body because all the parts of our body need oxygen to keep working, okay? That bit's true. I know enough science to know that's true. How does the oxygen... You don't have to go into the fine minutiae of this, otherwise the whole thing falls down and we're just going to get into a science lesson. This is a spiritual lesson instead. How does the oxygen get into the blood? goes through the lungs, thank you. So the heart pumps blood through the lungs where oxygen's breathed in, the blood gets oxygenated and the heart carries on pumping and so the lungs do their bit which is getting the oxygen in and getting the carbon dioxide and the rubbish out so it does that stuff but then our heart pumps and so the blood goes through the lungs. Now what if the lungs were to say, heart it's your job to pump the blood around, I'm just here to look good. It doesn't work does it? The heart can be as pumping as hard as it likes. And in fact, one of the reasons people have heart attacks is that they have lung problems, there's not enough oxygen, so the heart pumps even faster to try and get what little oxygen there is around, and that's how heart attacks happen, friends. This is a good news story, so don't worry. See the picture. In our bodies, sometimes we have hearts that are pumping much, much harder than they should because the lungs aren't working. Some of us are lungs and we need to do our part and we're not yet. And it places strain on other bits of our body. And sometimes things aren't working quite in tune. And sometimes things aren't working together as well as they should. And part of the reason for that is because we haven't been great as a family a loving, beloved family of people who care for one another and want to see the best for each other. We haven't been great at nurturing the skills and the talents and helping people discern what it is that God has for them to do. There's a bad trait that we've done in church world and it is there's a job that needs filling so we find someone to fill the job rather than having the chance to say, who are we? What are the skills and the talents and the personality that God's given us? What are the things that he's calling us to do? Sometimes we haven't even been aware of some of the needs and so we've not been able to respond to them. We would love to be a church where, let me take an example for you, children's ministry. Space for kids out the back. An astonishing program 
of introducing our kids to the whole of Scripture over the course of several years. The heart's pumping away. Home gets to be the lungs. We get to work with our kids on the stuff that's happening back there, and when the two work together, my goodness, life comes into our kids. And I'm saying this not at all to make any of us feel guilty. If you do, that's my fault. Please don't blame God for that. That was me being clumsy. If you feel conviction, that's a different thing. It's a fine line, but don't feel guilty. But what I want to say is this. How many of us realize that that's the plan? The stuff happens here on a Sunday, but then through the week, we work with that stuff and we help. And so the heart and the lungs go together and our kids get oxygenated. Well, okay, it falls down just in that moment. <laughs> but you get the picture. We've got a heart that's banging away out there, really going for it. What are our lungs like when we get home? Does the family function together? And these are questions, and it's a good news message. The good news message is there's a way of doing this stuff, which means life comes. And it's about each of us finding that role that God has for us and then doing it diligently. And the list that Paul gives us at the end of this chapter, I don't think is meant to be just like an exhaustive list, okay? You'll be glad to know there's more going on in the church than these things. But Paul says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to us. According to the grace given to us. So when God's when I surrender on the altar and I say, God, I'm all yours, this grace that comes upon me to know God's will and then to do it will be different from the grace that comes upon you. His blessing, his gifting, his leadership, his life, his smile, all of these things can be grace. God giving us something we don't deserve. It's this thing that God does called grace. And when his grace comes into our life, it's the same kind of grace, you know, but it looks different when it hits us. So when it hits me, it looks like leadership and it looks like preaching. But when it hits you, it might look like something very, very different. Imagine if we had a church that was just full of preachers. We'd be arguing so much. I mean, there's like only 52 weeks in a year. There's 120 people in the building right now. You know, we're not all going to get a chance to preach every year. We have different gifts according to the grace given to us. In other words, we need to figure out what it is. What is the grace that God's given to you? And so he gives us this list just to give us a sense of that diversity. If it's prophesying, then prophesy. Figure it out and do it. Prophesy in accordance with your faith. What is it that God has gifted you to do? Do that. If it's serving, then serve. Embrace it. Be the best at that. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's encouraging, then give encouragement. <laughs> Such important gifts in the body of Christ. If it's giving, then do it generously. If it's to lead, then do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. You get the impression here, which is when God gives us the grace for something, we are to inhabit that fully and live it fully and be the best of that that we can be. So if God's gift for you, God's grace upon you, is to lead worship, then lead us into the presence of God, for goodness sakes, and help us to linger there and encounter him, so that we can become the house of David, 
where God's presence is enthroned upon the praises of his people. Hallelujah. Be the best worship leader you can be. Look at the other worship leaders and learn and be inspired. During the week, be thinking and praying and be a worshiper first yourself. If it's somebody whose grace upon you is to serve, then don't just serve for 30 minutes on a Sunday, but let that be your life pattern so that people outside of the church would look at you and say, what is going on with this person? Look at the way they serve in every area of their life, how diligently and completely and cheerfully they take care of other people. Find out what it is that God has gifted you to do and then enter fully into that. Be the best at that. Devote yourself to that. Become everything that God made you to be. Why? Because a healthy body has a heart that's working well. It has lungs that are working well. It has kidneys that are working well. It has all the internal organs of the body working well. Its skin is doing fine. Its hair, if there has to be some, is the best hair it can possibly be. You get the impression from the scripture that what Paul is saying is, as we surrender, as we surrender. So, Phil, can you just, sister? Sorry, sister, can somebody, Phil, thank you. Queen, <laughs> thank you. As you figure out what it is, be the best. As you figure out what it is, do it completely. As you figure out what it is, be wholehearted in that thing. And in doing so, could you imagine? I'm not suggesting we don't all do that already. I'm suggesting there's probably a greater capacity in which we could. If we were doing that and figuring out what it is God had for us, could you imagine the impact we'd have on South Woodford? Could you imagine the impact across the whole of this region? Imagine what would happen in our city if there were a hundred people who were utterly devoted in that kind of a way. Imagine if we could spread a fire across the cities of devotion to Jesus. It would transform nations. But it starts with each of us saying, I surrender and I'm coming to the altar and I'm saying it's your life, not mine. I'm saying this world's not going to shape me anymore. From the inside out, I'm going to be transformed by the Spirit of God and I'm going to live fully in everything he's destined for me to be. Friends, over the next few weeks, we're going to study some stuff called Shape. We're borrowing it from um, Saddleback, some stuff that they've done. Uh, the book, uh, What on Earth Am I Here For? If you want to read, uh, if you want to do a bit of online stuff, that's fine. We're going to look at Shape and the things that make us us and trying to discern together what are the things that God has called us to be. I invite each of us to commit ourselves afresh to him and to say, God, I am yours. At the start of this year, I am laying it all down and I am surrendering. God, show me what it is you want me to do and give me the grace to do it. I want to invite uh, some folks to just do a bit of running for me. Uh, Philip will do that and Jenny. We're going to bring our children and young people back in and their workers because in a few moments we're going to share communion together. We want the whole family to be here. We're going to share in a covenant prayer together, which I mentioned earlier. And we're going to pray for leadership in the life of the church at the start of a year. At the start of a year, our leadership structures just change a little bit. Each year we recognize God's grace upon people to offer leadership in areas of our church's life. And we want to pray for that at the start of this new year. So we're going to pray. So that's a heads up for you. If you're a trustee, if you're a deacon, or if you're an elder, then we're going to be praying for you in just a few moments. Have we got a song to sing while the kids are coming back in? Or not? I Surrender All. That's a great song for us to sing while the kids come back and join us. Thank you. <laughs>